I'm, uh, I'm actually going to come to the reading in a minute. Um, just going to start a little somewhere else. Uh, actually, with, uh, with the movie I just watched, and it was um, The Lord of the Rings, the very first one. It's called The Fellowship of the Ring. And uh, Julie and I were watching through these, and these are some of my favorite movies. I've seen them so many times. But there's this, um, there's this one clip right kind of in the middle that, that jumps out at me. And I was going to show it, but... You know, they, they kind of mumble their way through it. So I don't think, I think it would have been a little hard to read any, or hear anyways. But um, it was just, just a couple lines. And what's happening is that there's, there's this ring um, that's really powerful, but kind of really evil, and it needs to be destroyed. And the burden falls on this, this group of nine, but especially on this one guy named Frodo. And he's, you know a hobbit, so he's about up to our waist, and he's not powerful, he's not strong, he's not anything that you would think of for this like really important quest to save the world, you know? And in, in this particularly dark time, um, he, he's talking to, to one of his traveling companions, and kind of his mentor named Gandalf, and he, he says to him that, you know, I wish that this ring had never come to me. And Gandalf, I think he said, he said something that every time I watch it, it's just so wise. And he said, you know, so do all who live to see such times, but that's not for them to decide. All that we decide is what to do with the time that's been given to us. And I think that's just such a profound statement. And from the first time that I, that I read it in the books, I saw it in the movies, this is... It really stood out to me as something that's, that's helped encourage me as I look at, at what, what God looks at as my responsibility before Him. And it, it helps me as I look at what it means for me to enter into ministry and for me to, to, to look to share my faith or to, to step out in any way um, that God might be calling me to. Um, and when I was reading... Um, for this for this Sunday, I was reading some of the passages that uh, that come after kind of after Easter in the Bible. And so we're going to look at John chapter 21. And you might not see a, a parallel too quickly here with what uh, that little story I just told you, but um, but it's there. And so this is uh, John chapter one, starting in verse 15. Um, the the context for this is that Jesus has come back. And Peter has, he's kind of reinstating Peter, who has just denied Jesus three times um, before Jesus went to the cross. So verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, 
you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple who Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say he would not die. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? The... Um, so the first bit with the, the feed my sheep, that's the part of Jesus reinstating Peter and he's kind of encouraging him and calling him back and, and saying that he still has a purpose for Peter despite what Peter had done. And for a reason that um, I don't fully understand, Jesus chose to reveal to Peter how he would die. And vaguely, why, um, when he would die, and that he he would die older and with his arms spread out, and this this happened. And Peter, when he was um, later in life, he was crucified, and the legend says that he was crucified upside down, um, so that he wouldn't be identified too closely with with the death of Jesus, and that you know, I guess that he's not Jesus, and um, and so Jesus, for some reason, chose to do that, and. Peter had a, had a pretty interesting reply, I think. I, I'm not sure why he did this, but he turned and he saw John, and he asked why or how John would die. What, what's going to happen to him, Jesus? I don't think that would be the first thing going through my head um, when I, if I found out what was going to happen to me. But that's what Peter did. And I, you know, I wonder if, if it's a little bit like Misery Likes Company, um, he wanted to see if he was going to be uh, the only one going to the cross like that, or maybe he was, maybe he was seeing if kind of testing. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being crucified as like a punishment for what I did, and so he's kind of testing that a bit. And Jesus replied with a little bit of a gentle rebuke, and just by saying, you know, pretty much, Peter, mind your own business. This is not your concern, Peter. What happens to John is not. Um, should not affect how you live. He said, you follow me. I think that's, I think that's pretty cool rebuke, in a way. It's never fun to hear a rebuke, but I think it's pretty cool. You know, I think that a lot of us are like Peter in that. We, we compare ourselves to other people. We compare what we do and how it happens to us and in all sorts of ways. And, um, there, I watched a show where they were talking about this and, and, and somebody asked, well, you know, what, what do they think about me? And, and, and somebody asked her, well, why, why do you care what people think about me? And she replied, well, how do I know if I like myself, you know? And I think it's a little bit, we, we, we gauge ourselves a little bit like that. Um, but we don't know if we're doing well unless we can compare ourselves to others. You know, but what Jesus replied was, just follow me. 
He replied, just stay faithful to what you were called to. Just stay, stay faithful to your relationship with me. What, what's going on around you does not affect that. It does not change that. It's not the basis by which our friendship, our, our, my love for you is built. So Peter, you follow me. In, um, in our, our second reading, the reading that Bill read is from 1 Corinthians 4. Um, but also, if you go beyond that, and, and immediately following, starting in verse 12, uh, Paul, who wrote that, he talked about uh, you know, the, the metaphor of the body, that we as the church are the body, and we're different parts, and some might be the ears, the eyes, or the mouth, or the hands, or the feet, but we're all the body that work together for a single purpose where we each benefit each other. And that was, that was a continuation of what Bill read, where, where Paul is talking about how we all have different gifts. We all have different parts to play. And, um, and that's a very cool truth. But at the same time, I don't think that the gifts are the focus of that passage. And if you read it, it's saying to one who has been given the spirit um, through the spirit the message of truth; to another, the spirit of knowledge by means of the same spirit; to another, gifts of healing by that one spirit; to another, miraculous powers, etc. And then all these are the work of one and the same spirit. You know, as I read this, I realize that the focus in this passage is not the gifts. The focus in this passage is the spirit by which the gifts come. That, that can be an encouragement to us as we look at our responsibilities in following Jesus. As we look at our need to stay faithful to how Jesus has called us. We, um, we do not fulfill our roles on our own or in our own strength. We fulfill these roles in the strength of one and the same Spirit. And while the role might change, and while the visibility of, of what comes out of that might change, while all sorts of things might change in that, the, the fact is, is that the same Spirit is behind all of us. And the same Spirit is in all of us. And there is no less authority and powerful power available to, to us as was available to the Apostle Paul. That when Jesus is saying, just follow me, just stay faithful to what I've called you to, he's not setting us up to fail and he's not putting us out there alone. He's putting us out there empowered by the same Spirit that, that accompanied Him as He walked on this earth. And Paul is, is saying in this passage that we've been given the Holy Spirit so God can work through us in unique and powerful ways. And like the, he talked about in these gifts... And um, 
And in Galatians, it's chapter 5, and it's verses uh, 3 to 5. Um, there's a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a, a reminder in, in how how Jesus talked um, to John about how we look at ourselves. So he's saying Jesus told Paul or told Peter rather, you know, don't look at yourselves um, next to somebody else. Don't gauge who you are before me based on who you are beside somebody else, because you are responsible for what. I have been given to you. You're responsible just to follow me. And Paul writes, If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. Um, we could probably talk a little bit about the pride that he's talking about there. That's not a license for arrogance, of course. But Paul is echoing what Jesus said to Peter that you are responsible for your own load you are responsible for what has been given to you you are responsible for the task that you've been given just like Frodo was responsible for the, for the task of the ring that, that's what you're responsible for and you can't always handle or control what happens outside of that you can't control other people around you you can't um, you can't even control the circumstances of your life. You can't control um, what God calls you to. What you can, can control is your response. This is the part that we're responsible for. How do we respond when the Holy Spirit nudges us in a certain way? Are we going to be faithful to that or are we going to walk away? And this, I, I believe that this can be an encouragement for us. There's this, the, the way that, that the expectations for church have gone, success is gauged by effectiveness. And effectiveness is, is you know, based, by, based on, um, you know, you know, bodies and buildings and budgets, the three B's. And this, I don't believe that this is biblical. I believe that what God has called us to, not to effectiveness, to, but, to, but to faithfulness. And we're to water and we're to plant, but it's God who brings the increase. The, what comes out of it, the fruit, the effectiveness, is the responsibility of God. Our responsibility is to take what we've been given, what God has invested in us, what He has placed in us. And, and, and the Bible is so clear that God has not let any of us go by without putting in us, in our hearts, and our spirits, something that, that makes us just so valuable to the kingdom and so valuable to God's purposes on this earth. Our job is to take that and to take the tasks that God has been given to us, those, those opportunities that are before us, to take that and to walk in obedience and in faithfulness. And this, this can sound burdensome and this can sound like a, a weight, but it can't be that because Jesus said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so this, this, this can't be a heavy thing. This has to be a freeing thing at some level. Yeah, 
I think this could be freeing because it can take away our insecurities that can come when we compare ourselves. It can take away, um, you know, how small we look when we read about the ministry of a Billy Graham. We watch those movies of, of a Heidi Baker and we can take away the insecurities of, man, you know, I've never seen that. What's wrong with me? You know, I would love to see the, the kind of ministry that they have. But, you know, what? it's really not my responsibility. You know, my responsibility is to take what God has been given to me and invest it well. And be faithful to that. To let God take what I offer, what I give back to Him, and let God grow something out of that that is going to be a blessing to Him, that is going to bring glory to His name. And the pattern is, the biblical pattern for how the church works is not for a few spiritual superstars and everybody watching. The pattern is for us to be drawing out in each other what God has placed in our hearts. The pattern is to, is to encourage and edify each other so that we will be able to step forward together into the things of God. There's a, um, I was reading about a Romanian pastor, and well, he, was a, he was a youth leader during communism, and I think this was back in the 70s. And, um, I'm going to try to pronounce his name, um, Ovidiu Radulescu. I, it's not even close, right? Yes. Um, he, was a, he was a youth leader in a, a church in Romania and, um, when communism was really severe there. And uh, some of the youth at the church went to the, the leadership and asked for permission to, to begin doing some door-to-door evangelism. And the church leaders... Um, it sounded like from a story that they were amazed by their own reaction and that they were petrified of doing this. Because what that would have meant, it would have meant attention on the church. And attention means that, you know, it's not going to be welcome attention and it's not going to be good attention. It means that you're going to be persecuted and the doors are going to be closed. But what they realized when this came forward, when, when the youth of the church brought forward this idea for evangelism, they realized that it wasn't necessary for the government to close the doors of the church from the outside because the church itself had already closed the doors from the inside. It didn't matter because the effect was the same. Either way, the doors were closed and the kingdom of God was not growing, it was not advancing. I I think that this is often what we do. This is often how we shut out what God has, um, God wants to do in us, and you know maybe not as as a, a whole church body, but I think we can do this in our own individual lives. And I don't think that that God, if if we do this, that God is is gonna you know grow His anger towards us. Um, I, he might, but I don't think so. I don't think He works like that. I think God's gonna be saddened because we lose the opportunity to see Him work through us. You know, I think God is, 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 offers us something amazing, is something incredible, which is seeing His Spirit flow through us and seeing things happen that we couldn't do on our own and seeing 
lives changed and seeing all these things that, that I know that in our hearts we long to see. God is offering this to us. But what He wants is for us to step out. To step out and give Him the opportunity to do that. To open the doors uh, you know, of our hearts, of our church, or whatever it is. And give Him the chance to come through. And, um, you know, going back to the, to the Lord of the Rings, you know, a guy like Frodo, he was so incredibly unlikely um, to be chosen for this task. There's every reason not to choose him, and none, uh, apparently none, for choosing him. But if he hadn't stepped forward, if he hadn't stayed faithful to the task that he had been given, then he would never have realized what was actually in him, what he actually, what he actually did have to offer. And it wasn't until he had stepped forward that any of this came out. And one of the most important storylines in the books, in the movies, is, is that, you know, when the strength of the powerful and the wisdom of the wise um, reaches its limits, that it's the, the small and the weak, um, the, those who, whose most distinguishing feature is their lack of power, that are used to bring change and are used to see incredible things done. I, I think when, um, when Tolkien wrote that, I think that, um, I think that this is uh, something that was inspired by the Holy Spirit, because it's just an amazing um, picture of how the Bible describes us. And Paul says, you know, not all of you are wise, not all of you are strong or powerful or whatever. Not all of you look like you have anything to offer. But you are the ones that God has chosen. And God doesn't make mistakes. And God doesn't do things by accident. God chose you for a reason. And it should be encouraging for us. Because it means that God didn't place us here by accident. God didn't put in us a calling or gifts or anything because He didn't have a better alternative. God did this because it's His plan for us. It's His plan for the world. It's to us that God wants to see um, the world changed and brought to Him. And if this sounds intimidating, you know, it might be because, um, because it's scary to do this alone. But there's, um, in Acts 13... Um, this is where Paul and Barnabas are chosen and called. And what was happening was the body of the church in the, in the city of Antioch were, were together and they were worshipping God. And, um, and they were just praising Him together. And through this, this gathering of people, they, they together got the sense that Paul and Barnabas were called to this mission. And... You know, Paul and Barnabas were, were prayed for, their you know, hands were laid on them, they were prayed for, and they were sent out. And, and incredible things happened as a result of that. And along the way, as Paul continued his journeys, he, he has a lot of testimonies of people helping him, providing places to stay, or financial assistance, or all sorts of, 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 of things to help him in his journey. Um, but I love the picture in this, of a group of people discerning together God's will of a, a, a body of, like a family of believers getting together praying together 
and, and calling out in each other what God has placed in us. And to be able to say, look, brother, you know, God has placed this in your heart. God has given this to you. Maybe you don't see it, but He has put this in you for a reason. I think that's an incredibly powerful way for the church to work. I think that's an incredibly powerful way to support each other, to encourage each other to step forward into things where we might not step forward on our own, in our own strength. We might not see in ourselves anything um, that is worth offering. But we can see this in each other far more quickly. And God can bring this out in each other and help us to encourage each other to step forward. Because it's not about any one of us stepping out and any one of us um, you know, having to save the world on our own. You know, It's about us encouraging each other, stepping out together, each responsible for being faithful to our part, the part that we play, but in knowing that we do this together. And then also knowing that we do this empowered by the same Spirit that knows no limits and isn't finite like us, does not um, reach the end of His power and His authority, but can always go with us. And so, this is, this is something that I want to encourage us to do. In, as we like, pray together, as we have our home groups, as we um, just you know, hang out over coffee, that this is one of the responsibilities that we bear for each other. And that's to work together to discern how God might be working in each other's lives. And in helping each other to see responsibilities that we have and, and well, the privileges that we have in working with God, to see opportunities that might be right in front of our feet, to see skills and abilities that we didn't know we had, and to encourage each other to step out in this. And I think everybody who, who has at, at any time in their life stepped out into something new and something big has done it because there's been somebody behind them encouraging them, working with them to bring out the good that is in their hearts and the, the strength that they have and in reminding them that, reminding each of us that we have something to offer. And if we realize that we're not going this alone. If we realize that, um, that we're in this together, that we have the Holy Spirit, that our responsibility um, is, is, not, um, is not necessarily to be you know, great or notable or anything. Our responsibility is to be faithful to what God has given to us. I think this, this can give us the courage um, as a church to step out and give us courage as individuals to step out into the ministry that God has for us. And so I would, I just really want to encourage us that if we long to see the Holy Spirit shine through us, you know, if we long to see Him evident in our lives, if we long to see Him just pour out in our church. It, it, it takes a step. You know, it takes, um, it takes giving Him the opportunity and the room to move. 
We're never going to see the Holy Spirit use us um, to bring healing to somebody who's sick. Unless we step out, lay hands, and, and take the plunge of praying for them. And we're never going to have the privilege of seeing the Holy Spirit use us as evangelists if we don't buck up the courage and share our faith. We're never going to see the Holy Spirit use us in so many different ways. And God is good. You know, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to withhold anything from us. And He can work with us where we're at. But you know, if we really want to see the Holy Spirit come in all His power, we have the opportunity to take a step. We have an opportunity to first step out in faithfulness to what God has placed on our hearts and the opportunities that are ahead of us. So I'm going to pray. And I'm just going to ask um, the Holy Spirit to, to shine in us. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to, to show us opportunities that we have. And Jesus, we, um, we thank you for the privilege that we have um, in working with you. And we thank you for the privilege that we have in being partners with you and sharing the gospel and building your kingdom. And Jesus, we thank you that we have the the honor of being bearers of your Holy Spirit. And Jesus, we've, we've been praying that your Spirit would shine through us. And we've been praying that we would see you work in new and, and just powerful ways. And Jesus, we, we want to be faithful to who you called us to be. And I mean this as individuals, I mean this as a congregation, that in every way, we just acknowledge that you've put in us something that is, that is valuable, something that is priceless. Um, something that, that you have planned for us from before time, before we were born. And Jesus, we want to see this come out. We don't want to see it just left um, as untapped um, potential. So Jesus, I pray that you would raise up in us the opportunities that we have to step out, to be faithful to who you've called us to be. Um, Jesus, I pray that we would um, that we'd be able to encourage each other in new ways, in more dynamic ways, that we'd be able to, to see in each other, in, in new eyes, those things that you've placed in us to, in order to fulfill your purposes that there would be nobody in this congregation who is left wondering you know, what God could possibly have put in them. That we would be able to see in each other and call out and encourage each of us to step out. And Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes in this way. and um, Jesus, that we, would, um, that we would find just a new boldness and a new courage and encouragement in, um, in just a greater understanding, perception of who we are before you and just how you long to work in us and through us. And Jesus, we, we just ask again um, that you show yourself here and you know, we'll do whatever it takes, Jesus, um, in order to see you come through. And we long to see your kingdom built and we want to see more and more people come to know you. And so Jesus, I pray that you would bring this to be.
And we know this is your will. And this is our heart as well. And we thank you, Jesus, um, that our prayers um, are greeted with a yes. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.